0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You know what it is? It is a teaching tutorial Thursday with NFL Films legend, a.k.a. the civilian goat, Greg Cosell, in the house. We are presented by DraftKings. We already will be giving out three more winners tomorrow. All you have to do is follow us, Ross Tucker Pod, on Facebook or at Ross Tucker NFL on TikTok. I'm checking those two for new followers. You do that, you had a great chance to win one of these amazing press passes I've gotten recently. And I'm getting two more this weekend. Giants, Eagles, Bills, Bengals. You're gonna want those. So make sure you either spread the word or you become the sponsor confirmation email winner. It's literally just signing up for a free consultation at westshorehome.com slash ross no obligation just sign up for a free consultation you get an email forward that email to me ross i'm going to see what they say about my bathroom by the way well we'll talk about this a little bit later but you got to check out the before and after pictures it's amazing it really is like now i totally get why people remodel their bathrooms i mean it's it's awesome and then we'll have the youtube shout out youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. All you have to do is subscribe, hit the thumbs up, and then reply to any video and say, Ross, I want the shout out. could be forever, whoever, I don't care. Your fantasy buddies, your family, I don't care, yourself. And then the patron of the day, I'm going to say Taylor Krieg. C-R-E-A-G-H. I think it's Taylor Krieg. Welcome to the family, Taylor. We are racking up the patrons again. Patreon.com slash rt media make sure you do it at the Tuckheads level so you can get access to our private slack channel it's big show time the big show all right so greg we are going to get into the four divisional games in depth obviously but there has been some coaching news this week that i like to get your opinion on not necessarily what you know or think about the coaches but just what you've seen from their units on video this year, because that's what you break down is the video of these different coaches. I think it might've been last week, Greg, or two weeks ago that you were saying that you liked the route concepts that you saw from the Los Angeles chargers. um, And yet Joe Lombardi has been fired. I talked earlier in the week, Greg, sometimes I think guys are let go because Coaches feel like they were underperforming or that they can get an upgrade. Sometimes I think it's a PR move and basically a sacrificial lamb when something went poorly. I'm not going to ask you to comment on that. I'm going to ask you to, I guess, reiterate or talk about what you saw from the Chargers offense.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny beginning in the kind of the middle of the season, I thought they did some really good things when they, when they, called intermediate and vertical route concepts and they broke down defenses Um, then you get into the degrees to which they call them some would argue that they'd call they should call them more Uh, obviously when you have Justin Herbert who's a big kid with a big arm the feeling is that you should have a downfield passing game as a foundation of what you do here's the things we don't know We don't know how Justin Herbert ultimately wants to play, because one thing he continually does, and this is the way in in which he plays based on the tape, is he gets the ball out and he completes passes. Now, a lot of those passes are for five yards and six yards, and that's what gets people upset. It's easy to say that, well, they should throw the ball down the field. What we don't know is how all that works out through the process during the week. You know, we don't know. Like, for instance, we know that Josh Allen wants to throw the ball down the field. You can watch tape and you can see route concepts where there is, let's say, a flat route or a shorter route. And you'd say, "Okay, take that, take the short route and let's move on. Josh Allen does not have that mentality. Josh Allen wants to push it down the field. So he'll make throws. I don't know what Justin Herbert's mentality is. We don't know the answer to a lot of questions here. It's very easy to say that they don't push it down the field. The reality is, and this is this is where your point about PR comes into play. Joe Lombardi and Shane Day got fired because they lost that game. If they had kicked a field goal and won the game by three points, they nobody would have gotten fired. You know that because they'd be playing this week. So that's why those they got fired. Um, is it part of a larger problem? We don't really know the answer to that. These are questions that I always struggle with, Ross, because it's very easy from the outside to rip people. That's the easiest thing to do. I'm a process guy. Without knowing what the process is, I can't, I don't rip people. I,
0: I won't do that. The other thing I would add to that, I guess, Greg, is on some level, and I haven't heard anybody else say this, but on some level, if your position coach and your coordinator get fired on some level, it's an indictment of you as the player, right? I mean, you can say, Oh no, they, they're not, not, at all. They just, they think they can get more out of them. Okay. I, I guess, but your position coach, I mean, I don't know Yeah, I, I, if he was I, playing I, super duper well, I don't think they would fire the position coach. So uh, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, one guy that's staying Greg I think he pulled his name out of a couple of different head coaching searches is Ben Johnson yeah the offensive coordinator in Detroit Greg I rarely say this I gotta be honest with you I never heard of him before this year or last year or whatever I never heard and of those people guy. I don't guy. know where I don't know where he came from uh, but man it's creative and it's entertaining and it works. Yeah, they're
1: a fun offense to watch. I mean, you know, one of the things when you see offenses is they get receivers open. Now, you know, I've talked a number of times throughout the year about sort of foundationally the things they do. They took Jared Goff, who's a a very good pocket quarterback he's not a secondary action player he throws a beautiful ball so you try to secure him in the pocket and get him comfortable so what did they do maybe more than any team in the league they did what i call conventional play action meaning they put him under center and they ran play action that way so many teams now run play action from the shotgun where you have you know his own read element or an rpo element you know that play action is really quick um the old school play action with the quarterback under center takes more time. It puts a little more mental stress on the defense, particularly second level defenders. They were they were really good doing that. Goff was among the best in the league. That gets him back in the pocket. He's clean. He can scan. You get longer developing routes. They did that really, really well, and they did it often. And they get receivers open with their route concepts. Now, you can do a lot of that stuff based on the the predictability tendency wise of defenses when you do certain things offensively, but they were a fun offense to watch. He obviously made a decision that he wants to stay. You know, I don't know Ben Johnson never met him. Like you said, he sort of came out of nowhere this year, Um, but he's a young guy. He's going to get other
0: opportunities down the road. So the one that probably got the most of attention and certainly the most consternation in Pittsburgh is Matt Canada staying on as the offensive coordinator for the Steelers? Right. Curious to to get your opinion, Greg, on what you saw from the Steelers' offense when you watched. Yeah, they're kind of an interesting offense
1: to watch. I mean, I always watch them, and and just again, without knowing process, always feel like there's more there from a schematic standpoint. I, I feel like their their vertical concepts are just one on ones outside. And then a lot is, is the short passing game. I feel like there's there's more to do there in terms of schematics and and route concepts and route combinations. You know, I felt that way even when Ben Roethlisberger was there the last number of years. That there's that that there's just like I said, I feel like there's more that can be done. And this is just watching tape. Like I said, you know, when you don't know the process and how it's coached, it's hard to make these universal statements because, like I said, it's very easy to rip people. That's not – you know me, Ross. That's not my game. I don't, I don't rip people like that because I know how hard I work. I know coaches work. Um, but I think, you know, when you have a young quarterback um, and he's going into his second year and he showed uh, uh, enough this year where you believe that Kenny Pickett can be a quality NFL starter, what level, that remains to be seen. But you can line up and play with Kenny Pickett without question. Um, one of the things that, that I always look for when I watch tape is what are they doing to give a quarterback easier reads and easier throws, relatively speaking? You know, it's the NFL, so nothing's easy, but relatively speaking, how are you helping him? How are you giving him pre-snap reads? How are you giving him uh, pre-snap information so that he's not dropping back and trying to figure everything out when it's happening really fast? You know, vertical throws you can always say, just throw a goal ball. You know, those are not easy throws, you know. So I just feel like that more can be done. I don't know what they're going to do in this offseason. They've got a pretty good receiving core. It's not like they're lacking talent. Um, you know, I think they want the run game to be the foundation. That's another question. Is Najee Harris really that guy? I mean, we know he can carry the ball a lot. The question becomes production. You know, you know you can give him volume can he be that guy that keeps your offense on schedule and stays ahead of the sticks? I still think that's an open question.
0: Let's get to the games, Greg. We'll go right in order. Saturday, 4.30, it's Jacksonville at Kansas City. Uh, always like to get your thoughts on any matchups or anything in particular in the game that really is of note to you or interesting. Yeah.
1: I, you know, when I look at this game, one of the things that stood out and, you know, obviously all these games, Ross, we don't have the time. You can talk about these games, you know, each one for an hour. Um, one of the things that stands out, these teams played week 10 and all season long, the Jaguars have not been very good defensively on third down. Um, they don't get teams off the field and the Chiefs are really good on third down. And I think that that That's going to have to change in this game Um, because the Chiefs, they move the ball and they score and they score touchdowns. We know how good they are in the red zone. So if they can't get the Chiefs offense off the field on third down, uh, it's going to be a long day. So defensively, you know, they're going to have to figure that out. And again, you know, they have all week to do that. I don't know the answer. I'm not going to sit here and say, I know exactly what they should be doing, but, if they don't get that figured out, it's it's going to be tough.
0: What did you see from Trevor Lawrence last week, Greg? It feels like, I mean, I can't remember many games where a quarterback looked that bad in one half and that good in another.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought, look, I've I've actually thought three of the interceptions were really not on him in a strict sense. You know, one of them, he just did not read the coverage at all. And uh, it was one of the Samuel ones, Samuel obviously had three, but... You know, interceptions, I've always believed, and i said this numerous times to you, that you have to look at each one of those plays individually. Um, You can't just say, oh, we threw four picks. That's bad. Obviously, it's bad just because you can't throw four picks. But, you know, you have to look at each one. You know, I thought a couple of things stood out in the second half of that game to me. Number one, I thought Doug Peterson stayed very patient with his play calling. You know they had a 14 play drive, and you would have thought 14 play drive that takes seven minutes. You can't do that when you're down 27-7. Um, but that's the the approach he took. He he took quick game rhythm throws. He did not come out and try to hit explosive plays. They sort of stayed within who they are and. Um, obviously they hit the long one to Zay Jones and that was a beautiful job by Lawrence pre-snap because he understood what the coverage was and he changed they were they were no huddle tempo so he probably called the play at the line of scrimmage and he did an unbelievable job on that specific play but for the most part the Chargers played a ton of zone which makes sense because they're ahead big and there were a lot of quick game throws that were really just pitch and catch throws and and it was more of the of Doug Peterson's approach that I found fascinating because he really took a patient, methodical approach, as opposed to thinking, "Hey, we got to get back in this game right now."
0: That is interesting. Uh, what about Saturday night, Greg? It's the Eagles, yeah, hosting the Giants, and you know, I got to ask a question. I think it's a fair question, Greg. Saturday night. I mean, I'm sorry, Daniel Jones against the Vikings. How much of that was Daniel Jones playing really well? And how much of that was a Vikings defense that leaves a lot to be desired? Because it felt like, man, there were some open receivers.
1: I think you can always say it's both. I mean, the Vikings were in the playoffs, and and their defense obviously has not been great this year in terms of stopping the pass. But, you know, I think the Giants have evolved over the last five, six weeks. This is a Daniel Jones offense now, not a Saquon Barkley offense. Um, And I think that needs to be pointed out. You know, obviously they're going to give the ball to Barkley, but the offense does not run through Barkley. It's it's Daniel Jones. And by the way, this started, oh, I'd say week 16 for sure, when they played the Vikings the first time in the regular season. Dable had Daniel Jones drop back 49 times in that game. Now, you can sit here and say it's the nature of the opponent, and maybe it is, but I think Brian Dable's been around long enough to know that when you get to the playoffs, Ross, sure, you have to run the ball, no question, you can't be totally one-dimensional, But it's very hard to win without your quarterback being a factor in the games, a meaningful factor. And I think that he understands that Daniel Jones has to be a factor. Now, the big issue here is they need to be in close games um, because they're a play-action pass team. They don't really drive the ball down the field. It's a lot of rhythm throws, as you know. This is not the receiving core they expected to have out there when the season started. Um, So they have to be in the game. In order to play the way they want to play, which leads me to think that how will the Eagles come out and play? It would not surprise me if the Eagles came out very aggressively, feeling like, "Hey, if we got up twenty-one-six in the second quarter, that the Giants can't play the way they really want to play." Then, then that Giants have to become a drop-back football team, and that's not the
0: way the Giants want to play. It's a good point, really good point, Greg. Um, we can move on to the Sunday games. Bengals Bills a lot of interesting things going on here the Bengals have some o-line issues but at least they know about it going into the game can try to yep prepare for it and the Bills Greg we saw it again on Sunday as much as we all love Josh Allen it just feels like the turnovers you know for them to win the Super Bowl they got to win three more games just feels like one of those three that he's going to have a multiple turnover game. And it's going to cost him.
1: Yeah, they're an interesting team because if you look at the Bills overall, they're really not a. It's funny that the Bills win a lot of games and have never been blown out since last year early in the season against the uh, um, Colts in Indianapolis. They all the, all their losses are by three four points, and they always score thirty points. They're the best. A third down offense in the NFL, and yet they have a below average offensive line. They really only have one receiver you can count on on a weekly basis, and they have no run game. So it's pretty amazing that the Bills win a lot of games. So why do you think the Bills win a lot of games? Josh
0: Allen and the defense. So,
1: so this watching tape, I find this very, very confusing, Ross, as a tape guy, because there's no question that no coach wants turnovers. That's not, you know, we're not going to debate turnovers. No coach says, let's get turnovers and see if we can compensate for that. But I'm, I'm also confused when I sit here and watch tape and watch the throws that Josh Allen makes that may end up seem very routine when you watch the games on TV that are not routine at all. And that no question, like the, the first turnover he threw, the long interception – That was on him. Obviously, the fumble at the start of the second half, that was on him. He was not responsible for the blitzer, but then you just have to get sacked and move on to the next play. It was first down. You can't try to make something special happen when you're eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. But then he makes throws that many people won't even attempt, and he makes them. And and like I said, they score 30 points every week pretty much. And they're the best third down offense in the league. And they're really not that talented on the offensive side of the ball. So you're right. If he throws three picks, one of these days that could haunt them. You know, Trevor Lawrence threw four picks. No one's talking about that. Um,
0: So every game plays out differently. Lastly, Greg, Niners and the Cowboys. Juicy one brings back uh, memory. Of the '90s, feels yeah. like uh, feels like I'm in, in back in why missing 13 years old watching this game or 12 for those yeah, what 340
1: years like from '92 to '95 ish, it seemed like they had great games every single year. Yeah, it's like NFC Championship game every yeah. year It was like the annual thing. Yeah, this game's interesting. I mean, obviously the Niners are are offensively a difficult team to play against. Um, you know, they play at a 21 personnel, the Cowboys will play big nickel. That's what they play. They don't play with three linebackers. They play big nickel with three safeties. That's, that's their base defense. Um, the 49ers have five players include use check who you know, doesn't get the ball a lot, but they have five eligible receivers who can line up anywhere in the formation. Okay. So they are really multiple and diverse in how they can line up offensively at a 21 personnel. They can line up and just run the ball or they can line up and, with people in totally different places, and you have to figure that out on defense. And very often defenses, as you know, go into default defenses. You know, they go into a defense that they're very comfortable with because they don't want to do too much communication about, oh, that guy's there, that guy's there, what are we going to do now? You know, they just line up in there, whatever that default defense may be. And that helps a quarterback before the snap of the ball. And that's been very, very important for Brock Purdy is he gets a lot of clean looks defensively. Um, and therefore, he's able to really just drop back and know where he wants to go with the ball pre-snap. Um, but they're a really difficult offense to play against. Um, obviously, the Cowboys offense played much better last week. I thought sort of late in the second quarter on that touchdown drive, then that's where Dak Prescott really settled in. The last, up to that point, and going back the week prior against the Commanders, he'd been playing pretty fast not seeing things clearly, but I thought he really settled in late in the second quarter, and then he looked far more comfortable. He looked more like the Dak Prescott that we're kind of used to seeing. Um, So this is a really intriguing game. By the way, I didn't think the Niners' defense had their best game last week. Interesting. Tell me what what you saw. Yeah, they – you know, the – uh, Seahawks came out very methodically, very patient. They wanted to run the ball. Um, you know, Obviously, with Geno, they wanted short, quick passes. They wanted to stay in rhythm. And the run game was sustaining. You know, They didn't necessarily get big runs, but they were able to kind of stay ahead of the sticks with the run game, which normally doesn't happen against the 49ers. Um, so it'll be interesting how the Cowboys do this, how the Cowboys uh, sort of balance their carries with Pollard and, and Zeke. You know, Zeke is is – The tape tells you that Zeke at this point is not really that effective a runner, that Pollard really needs to be the guy. And we'll see now that there's only a few games left in the season, whether they feel like, Hey, you can give Pollard 18, 20 carries, you know, because now you, now you just got to win the games.
0: Greg, two things. One is you called it last week. You said you didn't think Dak would have back-to-back bad games, and he didn't. And the other thing is, it's amazing that they can put Christian McCaffrey out at wide receiver, Debo Samuel at running back. Yeah. I mean, those guys shouldn't even have position designations; they're just like weapons. No, they and they split Your out use check
1: too. They split out Kittle. You know, IU lines up anywhere in the formation. It's it's you you have to. It, it puts the defense in a bind because, as you know, Ross and I sat in my office watching tape with defensive players through the years and. You know, you can't coach defense and you know this by saying, well, if they line up in this formation, do this. If they line up in this formation, do this. If they line up in this formation, do this. If they line up in this formation, do this. That's too much thinking for a defense. Guys can't play like that. You know that. You know, you have rules. So you might have two or three formations that you're responding to. And after that, you just play your rules. I mean, that's the way it works. You play your
0: rules and your techniques and they just make it hard. Check him out on social media at Greg Cosell so you always know what Greg is up to and you don't miss any of his content. As always, you can check this show out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We post the best clips of Greg not only on YouTube, but Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. And I appreciate West Shore Home. Man, if you guys didn't see, I think, was it yesterday or Tuesday? I posted on Twitter and my Instagram story, I posted some before and after pictures of the two bathtub shower areas that we got redone. Unbelievable. I mean, first of all, it's unbelievable that they were able to do both in one day. Like that never happens. That never happens. Those are like two or three day projects. But they bring enough guys that they can get it done in a day, which I love, because it's not, you know, you don't want this guys in your house two, three days in a row. So it was awesome. Love that. And then to be able to see just how cleaner it looks, how much more advanced it looks. I mean, it's just, it looks like a million bucks. It was not that, but it looks like a million bucks. I would highly encourage you guys. What are the pain points? Oh, I don't have time. I don't need it. Just get the free consultation. By the way, you can also get 20% off for a limited time. I think it goes to the end of the month. Go to westshorehome.com slash Ross. If you go to westshorehome.com slash Ross, they have all kinds of pictures of the installation at my house, of the before and after, of me on video talking about it, and you seeing it on video. So just go to westshorehome.com slash Ross. And just check out the pictures and the videos and then decide for yourself whether you want the free consultation. I'm pretty confident you will, especially if, you know, your stuff's kind of outdated. Westshorehome.com slash Ross.
2: All right, Ross, we'll start with what you mentioned earlier of the Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson announcing that he is staying in Detroit. Gigantic news.
0: That is one where I think the Lions try to get ahead of it. They don't want to lose him, and so they just probably offered him a lot more money, enough money that he felt like, he had to take it and not continue through the process. You know, he probably got life altering financial security. He's probably getting a couple million dollars a year for three, four years that, you know, he's never had before because I never heard of him. He couldn't have made that much money. So kudos to him. You know, gets to coach the offense and locks in millions of dollars for his family, which is awesome.
2: Tuck takes. The Steelers confirm that Matt Canada will be returning as their offense coordinator. A
0: couple thoughts here. Number one, Steelers fans not happy about that. Number two, wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement from Greg, was it? I mean, Greg sort of talked about how he's not really impressed with that offense. I do think on some level, Mike Tomlin is hesitant to – change the whole offense for Kenny Pickett in year two. You know, I think he wants to give Kenny Pickett some familiarity. Doesn't want him to start from scratch and see how Kenny does in year two. I think what Tomlin's going for. I should have mentioned this uh, before I forget, Jack, two other quick things. The Seahawks gave their kicker, Jason Myers, a big extension. And then the Cowboys signed uh, Vizcaino. I think it's Tristan Vizcaino to the practice squad, basically kicker insurance. I don't know if they'll have two kickers active for the game in case Maher has the yips, or maybe they just want them there for practice in case Maher has the yips, but the Cowboys are kind of protecting themselves. Let's do an email, Jack.
1: Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance.
0: It's time to Ask Ross. So the email address is Ross at Ross Tucker.com. I like nothing more than to read and respond to your questions on the show because it's usually great questions, good content for the show. And also it usually means you took advantage of one of our sponsors, which is great and much needed, whether it's any of them, uh, Peloton or West shore home or rocket money. Awesome. If you ever forget, like I don't remember all Ross's sponsors, just go to the sponsor page at Ross It's easy. All right.
2: This one is from Joe, I think it's McElhenney. M E M C I mean, um, uh, but good cool enough. Movie. Good enough. Yeah. He says, Hey Ross, tried Uncommon Goods for a few gifts this Christmas and they had great stuff. Love all the shows. Listen every day. I know you do the Eagles pregame show of Glenn Mac now. And was would you guys ever do a live event at one of his Conshohocken Brewery locations?
0: Very, uh, this is a very Philly-centric question. Yes, I do the Eagles pregame show. In fact, I'll be doing it, I'll be at the link for this one since I'm doing the game from five to six. Uh, I actually, Glenn had an an event at one of his, a charity event with Merrill Reese and Mike Quick at one of his uh, locations. I wasn't able to be there but I donated uh, a dinner with me. And so I think it was before I flew to Florida Atlantic, I met up with a couple that won the dinner. They won the chance to hang out with me and Glenn and, and drink some beers and eat. It was amazing, it was awesome. That's the type of charity I'm into, Jack. Uh, just having beers and eating food with people. I like doing that anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's my jam. We'll have a Picks Friday tomorrow, of course, and I'm sure there'll be some more news to get into. Shout outs, of course, Pizza Boy Brewing, delicious, sporticulture, humanheadnyc.com, steakhouse sports.com, go-bangles.com, evergreen economics, vision comics with an X, Backoffice Scheduler.com. And of course, by far. The best Valentine's Day gift ever. A story for a loved one from MyFrontPageStory.com. That's MyFrontPageStory.com. I think we're done here.